The legal system in which divorces must be resolved is a unique culture unto itself. The norms, values, and behaviors of that culture interact with the divorcing family system and individual personalities involved in the divorce. The product of that interaction is, generally, a heightened level of stress as well as a major collision between the myths believed by the divorcing couple and the realities that greet them when they arrive after a lengthy preparation at the courtroom door. From a psychological viewpoint, the most significant characteristic of the legal system is the almost complete contradiction between what the system is designed to produce and what it actually produces. The adversary system is premised on a belief that zealous advocacy of countervailing viewpoints and positions produces some semblance of justice and truth when a trier of fact, judge or jury, finds the facts after hearing both sides. In this system, litigants engage in thorough investigation and preparation and then participate in a trial in which the testimony, evidence, and cross-examination tease the truth out of otherwise conflicting and contradictory versions of history and interpretations of law. Thus, the trial as drama, as denouement, has captured the imagination of literature, movies, and soap opera as the modern version of a passion play. Modern media treatment of trials has raised the public perception and expectation of trials as the place where God, in a black robe, vindicates the virtuous and punishes the wicked. The job of the lawyer is to win at trial. Accordingly, the divorce process is organized around winning and defeating the other side. In reality, this image of trials is rarely played out in modern divorce. Here is the problem. 99% of all divorces are settled prior to trial. That is, prior to the case being submitted to a judge, the lawyers negotiate a settlement. Generally, a settlement agreement, a contract, is drafted and signed. The terms of the contract govern the party's post-marital relationship to the children and marital assets. For the most part, the role of the judge is reduced to rubber stamping the negotiated agreement and dissolving the marriage. The settlement resolves all issues and all claims. Once negotiated, the settlement effectively ends the marriage and establishes the terms of the divorce. Although negotiated settlements are the overwhelming norm, how litigants reach settlement is most important. Settlement requires cooperation. But the win-lose premise of litigation makes cooperation difficult, if not impossible. In a small number of cases, no more than 5%, the parties either directly or through their lawyers negotiate a settlement before any action is begun in the courts. It is only after the settlement is resolved that either one files a suit for divorce. Because all issue of support, property distribution, and custody have already been resolved, the only relief sought by the suit for divorce is the dissolution of the marriage. The court is not asked to award custody, alimony, child support, or property to either party because the parties have already resolved the matter. This is the simple, uncontested divorce. 
For the other 5% of divorces, the process is not so simple. Here, the divorce begins as a contested matter as one spouse sues the other for divorce. The other spouse answers the suit and may also file a counterclaim asserting his or her own claim for divorce. In such contested actions, the court is asked to resolve the child-related and economic issues. Now the contest consists of convincing the court to rule favorably for one against the other, a contest that is waged by attempting to gather evidence, buttressing one's position and weakening the other's. Here the future of the couple is determined by the decisions of the court rather than the decisions of the couple. Further, the event toward which this flurry of preparation is oriented is the trial after which the court will decide the fate of all.